truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Welcome to Selfie to Succeed, a platform where we hear people's stories, where we remind ourselves of being humans first, all of our commonalities, everything that makes us human, regardless of all the titles, regardless of all the job titles, the labels, the situations in which we can clearly see our differences, like our races or whatever it is, our culture, here is where we are all humans first so let's get to it hi 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 hello <laughs> god knows what goes in there but as usual actually just the preface i promised and told myself that i don't want to fake fake or force myself to speak in a certain way because well listeners attention might drop or whatever other bullshit reason why people wouldn't be natural and be themselves um or excuse how we could we could say but in regards to today obviously the reason for this episode and the reason why it's called it's only fair that I share my story um before asking for yours is that we'll be starting a new campaign which is very very exciting and at the same time uh frightening i wouldn't say frightening i would say unexpectedly excited in the sense of we never know how things could go and and that's with everything every time that we start something new we just never know where that could lead to or how that would lead to somewhere or how we would actually manifest because we can have an idea we can have a thought process we can have a strategy we can have all of that all the preparation but when it comes to actually doing it ourselves it's never certain and which is amazing it's a great thing because it's i guess the thing that keeps us like going for things that we might have not done before and that's why it's only fair that I share my story because with the new campaign, we'll be basically knocking on people's doors and asking them to share their stories so that we can actually all see that we all are the same, like genuinely. And it's sad, I would say, because I've heard too often um, my story is not that exciting. I have nothing to talk about or who would even want to hear my story like uh, and when I heard that I was like okay there's an issue here and the biggest issue I guess that our society have has these days is the fact that because there's obviously differences and there's separation there's clear clear I would say representation of the split in terms of whether it's class, whether it's uh, money-wise, whether it's like lifestyle-wise, right? There's a difference between certain group of people and how they live compared to another one. And that's completely fair. Like, we need also that because that's what's been pushing so many people to get out of their box, get out of their comfort zones, 
whether it's to go upwards or whether it's to actually downsize. Some people have had so many things that they just got to a point where they're like, what's the even, what's the point? There's nothing that's ever going to make me feel completely full because the purpose of life is the journey itself, is there's always going to be something. Like, we can never be completely full and satisfied because we can actually momentarily momentarily do not mind my english i genuinely do not care <laughs> as long as we can understand uh what's uh what we're trying to the message that we're trying to put across it's it's more about the fact that we can feel satisfied we can feel full we can feel okay i'm good now right and then time happens because nothing can escape time and that's the beauty of life like nothing can escape time why should it why should life just be this thin flat line throughout like I don't know why would someone even try to achieve that because it's unnatural everything needs change everything needs a new phase everything needs a new season all the trees the only reason why they come and bloom so beautifully throughout spring and summer it's because they've had the time to rest they've had the time to hibernate to shed all their leaves and actually come back to life so why would someone try to achieve or aim for flatline that's death if that's your purpose if that's what you're trying to reach for 100% like who's gonna stop you because it's only fair that we also have choice freedom of choice all right but for the majority of people that and I'm not condoning suicide right now. Uh, we have to be so... Like, that's the thing. Like, we live in an era that you can't say anything <laughs> without looking uh, looking uh, behind your shoulders. Because um, apparently there's something now cancelling where people get cancelled for being themselves and sharing their thoughts. It's always good to share the full range of the thought, of course. But at the same time, who's going to be there for it? Like, not everyone is actually there for it. But they only pick and choose whatever they want to hear. So, not condoning suicide. I'm all for free of choice. And I'm all for prevention. That's the thing. Like, the better we treat ourselves, the better we are with each other, the less people will choose to exit, isn't it? Because the only reason why someone would is because they've been pushed to. But again, that's a conversation for another day. Going back to our story and the reason why for this new campaign is because it's so sad to think that after all these years we've yet failed to teach each other how to be with each other and how our admiration for others has really nothing to do with our life path whatever it is whatever we choose to do whatever kind of lifestyle we choose to take we should honor it be comfortable with it and who cares about other people's life path? Because at the end of the day, you're here for your own, honey. So just live it in the best way you can. In the fullest way that you can. Everything that will make you feel full. And proud. And 
that your future self can go back, look back, and be like, I'm glad I did it, honestly. Like, because it helped me. Everything that's going to benefit you, go for it. Why not? Why stop? You want to jump off a plane with a parachute? 100% go for it. As long as you have a parachute. Again, that's that's my old concept. Something that I will never stop to say is always jump. Just make sure that you have a parachute. Always. Have a safe landing. But enjoy the ride, you know? So... It's so sad to see that so many people are now feeling like their stories are not good enough to hear. They're not excited enough. And we always have to put up this, hi, how are you? I'm so excited with life. And I can't just be like, hi, how are you? I'm actually very excited with life. But this is the tone of voice that I choose to have. You like it or not, that's on you, you know? It's like we've put these standards and these ways of how we should be based on the emotions it's like we've attached a way of being to emotions and that's creating that disparity within ourselves to be like it's okay to be excited and not feel like you want to jump off the roof or um literally jump like a kangaroo left right and center you know it's like you can also be the chillest most comfortable and just the quietest in the room and just be the actual excited one like and I've seen this so much especially recently I've been going to interviews and just looking in the room I can see how people are all trying to be something that they feel like they should and I'm just there sitting (laughs) laughing to myself and I'm like okay why do you do that to yourself honey like it's such a pressure it's such a pressure like we can be in any place and bring ourselves and not feeling like we have to be a certain way that's different than that and still produce and still come with value and still be great to work with or great to be with or great to play with great whatever in life you know and the reason why i'm saying this is because comparison there's comparison and that's never gonna go away of course unfortunately i would say But at the same time, fortunately enough, we need comparison because if I don't know what's current in the market or what's current in life, what's current, uh, how can I try and make something different from it? Sometimes, yes, I can just go on the whim. But if I'm trying to make something better, I need to also know what's already out there. And that's the whole purpose for this campaign because I see so many people that are trying to only get the famous and how many... How many followers can I bring to my own platform by using someone that has many followers? And to me, I generally don't care about that because the reason why I'm doing this is I want to see people reconcile with themselves and feel like they have something to talk about, feel like they are part of their story. Whatever that is, it happened. Like, there's nothing that you can change from it. Just own it. Just own your shit. Honestly, just own it. Like, good or bad whatever other people tell you is good or bad it's it's subjective already so like why even care like i don't know um the reason why i think people do that 
it's easy. It's easy to compare yourself without putting the pressure on yourself to do what you need to do for your own good. It's easy to just look at people following their heart and just sit on the sideline pointing fingers. It's easy. So easy. It's when you start putting fingers and pointing fingers at yourself, that's where, oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. I don't really want to own that, you know? Makes me look so bad. Who fucking cares, man? <laughs> to life? Like, you've done it. You made the choice. Just own it. Yes, I've done it. So what? You know, it doesn't take anything away from anything else that I am or could be, you know? And too often... We've asked the majority of people to hold the light and microphones to the 1%, not realizing that they were the actual majority. They were the ones that are making this 1% possible. Because everything that is happening right now in society is happening right now out there, outside of our own circles, outside of our own houses, whether we know it or not. It's happening because someone is allowing that to happen. Someone is feeding into it for it to happen. Someone is not stopping. Someone is not standing up and doing something about it. And it's quite detrimental how we're not seeing that community is actually the way out. We keep on seeing, oh, no, I just I need to keep on fighting for myself. I need to keep on doing this. I need to keep on doing that. Bro, it's not going to change. Just come together, pull forces together. Instead of pointing fingers and compare. Let's do it together. Collectively, we can do better. It's two brains instead of one. Three brains instead of one. Thousands, millions. Why not? And also, every time that we get into spaces where we have to put together multiple brains, it's also having the confidence to allow other people to chip in without feeling like you're not chipping in enough. Let that sink in. Because... So many times, the reason why people cannot work in team, it's not necessarily because they don't know how, is that they don't know how to feel confident with allowing space for others to also shine. It's like, they keep on feeling like, if you don't, that means you're shit, you're bad. Now, on certain aspects, if you stay in that mindset, of course, it's a completely different conversation. It should be a back and forth, though. It shouldn't be, well, they're good. I'm just going to rest it out. Let them do everything. Because then on one side comes the fact that, well, I don't really feel like I'm good enough. Like, they seem to be doing so good. So I just let them do everything. And on the other side, it's like, well, look at that guy. It's not doing or girl. Whatever it is. Again, pronouns. Um... They're not doing anything. And if they don't, I need to. So putting more pressure on myself. I need to bear all this for the both of us. Because if not, the whole boat goes down. But I hate them for it. But I don't know how to tell them. I don't know how to tell them to collaborate. I don't know how to tell them. Um, like It's getting a bit too much, you know? Like It's good that you're giving me the reins. Yes, 100%. And I do have the skills to do so. But I don't want to be the one to pull the weight for two people because I already have my own weight to pull. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, all the songs are coming out now. <laughs> it's a free fall. Like, 
yeah, just authentic, you know. Um, but all of those things also come to show light to how hurt we feel and how hurt we project. Because someone hurt us, hurt our confidence, now we are now appearing like this in this environment and we're also aiding to that because instead of stopping ourselves, we're feeding into it. And it's a cycle and that same mentality goes into, oh, I feel less, my story is not powerful enough or um, what I've done is not good enough to share or whatever it is it's not the perp it's not the what it's the why that matters and our goal is to redefine the way we look at ourselves find empowerment in our history in our story in our practicing compassion and empathy with our struggles because we all have it doesn't matter how good you make it look you still struggling bro like, it doesn't matter and the word struggle again we're the ones that are giving power to words like Words wouldn't be the the words that they are if it wasn't for the meaning that we gave them. We chose to give them. I could say, I could say, and mean, how are you today? Like it's um, it's a perspective kind of thing, but because it's a majority, common way of meaning, I can say then that's what we all go for. But hopefully with this platform, I want to be able to provide, not hopefully, but that is the perfect, that is what we're doing is provide people a platform to share their story, to see how their differences equally match our similarities. Because we all go through some forms of pain and pleasure, wins and losses, and love and heartbreaks. So I can't wait to also hear other people's stories. Because we're going to be knocking on those doors and you'll receive a letter with a stamp on it, an S with a actual wax sigil. I play with it, just made it a little bit colorful. So check your doors, check your doors, because it might be you. One day I'm, I might be holding the microphone for you and I can't wait for you to also be able to be enough place where you feel like you can share and not feeling anything less or more than anyone else because that's what it's all about it's just about sharing now let's get into it right (laughs) i've been waiting for this um so i guess about sharing um just gonna keep the exact same questions that i would ask someone else that i would knock on the doors and take it from there so Let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> this question also had me, when, the moment I asked myself, they had me question. I was like, oh my God, I actually never asked myself those questions, which is quite interesting. Um, but the first one is, uh, how was your childhood, the dynamics in the family and friendships at that time? How did you feel about being a child looking back? I'm just going to go through all the questions, have a wee break, <laughs> and then come back. Um, how was growing up through teenagehood to adulthood? What came easy to you and what did you struggle with? How would you define this current time in your life and your feelings about it? 
which life events disguised as curses have you experienced to get here? Linked to the question, what had you saying or thinking? I'm so glad I tried, regardless of the outcome and why. And then I also have two, I guess, two more sections. Um, the first one is hard question, which is not really a hard question. It's just a very thought-provoking one. But to be fair, all the questions are thought-provoking, so potato, potato. Um, we all make excuses, right? And I suddenly did my own batch of excuses throughout my whole time, throughout my whole 24 years of life. I've tried to make excuses even before starting speaking to this microphone and distracting myself left, right, and center because anything that could distract me at the time was a good reason not to start yet, you know? And then I realized... Well, it's just stage fright. Don't we all have stage fright? <laughs> I mean, we do. It's how quickly we get out of that mental zone, mental space, and actually do it. Just go for it. However, it comes out. It's supposed to be a way of not manifesting. What's the word for it? Um, expression. It's an expression. It's creativity. And as such, it should be free flow. It shouldn't be controlled. It shouldn't be, I don't know, putting boundaries. It shouldn't be controlled. It's creative. That's what we're all here for. To be able to have those spaces where we can express ourselves. So, as we all make excuses, um... Which have you hid behind to in your life that you could free yourself of? And then looking at the future, what are five things that your future selves will be grateful for from today onwards, old and or new? Meaning what is that it's either happening, has happened, or that could happen that your future self will be proud of? grateful for and then going into a more of a challenge kind of thing and this only people that will want to touch those topics will be asked um would you be able to identify your reckoning with yourself what was happening if you don't mind me asking would you be able to share which were your faults and which were the faults of the other person or entity in the situation how did it affect the following time you find yourself in a similar situation? Or how would you play in the future if it hasn't happened yet? And those are kind of like the questions that I would go. Obviously, it's going to be more conversational. So it's not going to be as da 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 da. Um, and we're excited. Like, I can't wait to hear people coming out of their shells and be willing to be vulnerable. Because we shine when we're vulnerable. We're more beautiful when we're vulnerable. People fall in love with us when we're vulnerable. Because we're showing our humanity. And we're showing that we are human first. No one. No one. In their right mind. Would make you feel bad for being vulnerable. If they do. That just means. 
it's because they are not willing to reconcile with themselves. They're not really to accept the fact that they're not willing to be vulnerable. And that's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. But hey, we'll be back in five. Ooh, okay, we're back. <laughs> A wee break after. A job offer after. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we're good to go. So I guess in regards to how was my childhood, the dynamics in the family and friendships that I've had at that time. I'll start from my childhood. It was fun as for as little as I can remember. Um we always had we always had people around in the house or we were always like almost every weekend we were at parties uh with my cousins and it was just fun. I was the kid that <laughs> everyone knew and up to this day there's uncles and aunties that come to me and be like, Oh, you remember when you were a kid they used to hold you and you used to play with me and you come to my house and everything. I was like, I'm so sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but um it was fun. Uh, I was definitely loved, definitely had a lot of attention. Um my mother is one of six I don't wanna I don't wanna be <laughs> I might have to wait. Let me redo the calculations there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. One of six. Got it right. It's nice. Um, so, and very close with her family. So she was really, uh, I, will, I will say, and I'm sure that they could all back me up on that, but um, she was like the, like, like the queen bee of sort of like the community so there was always someone around like whether it was um like weekends she would throw like especially in summer she would throw like like barbecues at home and things like that and we used to live in um for Novo, it's like a small town in north of italy Novo san giovanni um putting it on the map <laughs> i spent six years of my life there um in between uh which i remember fully remember the day that i lost my granny because she came all the way from sierra leone in 1999 in 2000 actually uh, when i was one year old so since then helped my mom um like growing me and taking care of me and we're very tight like we literally spend all day together <laughs> um she didn't have much energy she was very old she was in her 70s and she had, um, I think, I don't remember exactly what it was, whether it was an ulcer or a cancer or something out of feet. So walking wasn't something that she would do a lot. Um, but she took care of me the best way that she could. And I remember when I was six, I, so the year before, oh, not, not the year, like the same year, 2006, yeah. Um, she was sent back to Sierra Leone because her food, was getting worse and it was a matter of time more than how to salvage it so of course I did not know and but she was sent back home and then I remember 2006 I don't remember the exact date um the night that she was dying in Sierra Leone was the only time I ever sleepwalked um and I found myself so I I literally in my PJs 
six years old. Um, we used to live at the third floor. So I came out of my house, closed up, no keys in my, um, also, how, how do you call those, like, PJ sleepers? I don't know, like, they're all, they look like teddy bears on your feet. <laughs> um, um, it went downstairs, got on my little bike, because I used to, I used to go out a lot with my dad. Um, like, we were really outdoorsy. Like, we would go for these long rides or days in the park. And we also had this, like, twin, um, not, oh, macro, hotties. Um, like, in Italian, it's, yeah, we call it jamale. Um, the ones that you use to look at the stars. It's not as good as the big ones. It's yeah, the little ones. I don't know how, what the name is. You can Google it. <laughs> um, but the thing that you use to look at the stars right now, it's not. It's not coming. It's at the tip of my tongue. But I want to move forward, and I genuinely don't care about that word um, as much to be stuck on it for like a minute, a minute. Um, and so we were very outdoorsy. So I come come down downstairs, um, get on my bike. <laughs> There's little moments that I remember about uh, my childhood, but this is definitely one of those. And I want to start from here because I guess I can either work backwards. I don't know exactly the timeline specifically, but I can go backwards or like ahead. Um, basically, get on my bike, get out. We used to live, it was like the end of this road in the middle of like fields, literally middle of fields. Like at night, there's no lights like no lights whatsoever it's like countryside and there was like this long sl road that would get on the main road which if you think of a main road divide up by five <laughs> that's that's those were the, like the main roads um that we would have as main road yeah a little small town right um and i got my bike and for some reason somehow some when whatever I found myself in front of uh, one of my um, schoolmates because um, they used to live on the opposite side of the this small town, and I, I think I woke up as I was pressing their bell. It's like parents came out and they're like, "What's happening?" Like super confused. Um, I remember them taking back home, but by then they'd already decided that my parents were bad parents and for some reason they didn't deserve um uh taking care of me um so they did the day after they did call social services which we had to go to here and there for a couple of weeks in a row everything got sorted and everything of course it was it was something that was higher than science or normal human beings could ever understand because it was literally in the exact same moment as my nan was dying in Africa which was miles and miles kilometers away from where I was and I remember (laughs) I remember coming back so again just a little (laughs) backstory of my mom right so very African lady um and I don't want to put the African tag on it but for people to understand whatever um so some of them would discipline she would discipline if i did things wrong um or not what she ordered me to do uh like cleaning or um whatever um 
she would discipline me if I was like to raise my eyes while she was talking and I was literally standing in front of her she could actually see it or talk back and she was like no right um and I remember the night she was angry as fuck <laughs> so I got disciplined and in the morning got the call from her mother-in-law not mother-in-law her the woman that married that yeah the second woman of her dad because yeah man um don't want to touch too much because they're like i feel like those are like sensitive <laughs> sensitive topics probably my family wouldn't even listen to this because honestly to be honest speaking they don't care as much but it's all they don't care is they're so focused in their own lives that they don't take effort to check in but if they ever do at least they they know down down there that it's uh it's how it is but i'm going on a tangent right now <laughs> this is feeling uncomfortable so yeah i would get this for a lot but at the same time i because my parents worked my mom worked two jobs um she was uh working in a factory of textile textile so like um to she would dye the threads um like massive massive um uh, rolls of thread that then would get used to obviously make clothes and things like that so um call it tintoria tintoria trevigliese <laughs> um and uh on the weekends or a couple of days here and there when she had the time she would also do the cleaning at this um funeral care uh, funeral house and i remember going there quite often because she was also one of the, my mom's close friends like she was poor a lot um god bless that woman i don't remember her name right now but i definitely remember where she lives and every time that i pass by i always get the memories of her big alano dog chasing me down because <laughs> I used to do like funny faces at uh, uh, at the dog and yeah he definitely didn't like that um but I guess that's that was my own way of saying hi I'm beyond the fence you can't get me even though I'm super super scared <laughs> of you because you're twice as big as me um but it was fun it was fun and uh we would go there and she was the nicest for whatever uh, God knows if she's still alive, but I hope so. If not, I'm sure she was taken properly care of. Um, and that was, yeah, that was her way of cheaping in in the family and making sure that we had the roof above our head and that she would also be able to support not just her kids, but also um, other members of larger family that needed it and uh, I was the last of three um, for my mom at least um, the, my brother and sister older um, my sister was the second one and she was 18 years older than me when I came to life and my brother was 19 years old so they were already out of the house when I came in. So I grew up as a as a single child, 
um my dad also had a child from a previous marriage um with a woman with another woman and bless her also she passed away um and he was living in paris so i wouldn't see him as much and i think he was 16 when i came to life or probably younger than that even and so I didn't see him a lot, and we grew up quite far away from each other. And I understand now the discussion is so big, like there's so much that goes into childhood, <laughs> so many little events. Um, but I guess from each and every single one of them, whoever and whatever they would like to start from, it would give them sort of like a uh, something to hold on to and just go, keep on going back and forth between time. Um, I remember living a comfortable beginning of life. Our the, our house was big enough for me to have a little jeep that I would literally go around in the living room, and I had oh, I had this massive massive teddy bear. It was beautiful. It was so squishy. I used to sit in front of it, and I would literally just sit in its lap. <laughs> um, and I have pictures of it. That's also why I remember. Good Lord, that was born in 1999. We already had pictures. These are pictures, something that I could go back to. And uh, I mean, yeah, my childhood was good. Uh, obviously, tough mom. But at the same time, we're kids. Like, we don't really understand much of what's happening. We just take whatever it is and make the most of it. And I remember at six years old, I I was already, I already knew how to take care of myself. I cleaned the house. I would uh, even iron for the first time, actually, when I was six. I remember just because I have a, uh, a scar for it. Um, I was, uh, I think I was watching TV or something. I was distracted. And I got too close to the board and I literally, the, the the side of the iron touched my belly. And I remember just jumping back. And yeah, that scar never went away. Still clearing out. But it was fun. And I have little, like little pieces. I remember at three, um, this they told me. Because I did not have, obviously, you all also understand why I did not remember. I could not remember. Uh, me and my cousin, and um, we grew up together basically. She's the daughter of the brother of my mom, um, and my aunt, amazing woman. And I remember we were uh, three, and they told us that we, my and my nan, uh, she used to love drinking vermouths, like this white spirit, uh, very very sweet. And she would keep her in a bedroom with a little glass in the neck, uh, like next to it. And me and her, it was just us three in the house. I think she was either in the toilet or in, in the living room. We were playing in her room and we started drinking it. We poured it for each other. We started drinking it. And, oh my God. We, we got drunk. Fortunately enough, the glass was a plastic cup and it had a hole in it. So we didn't really got to drink as much and enjoy as much but 
they tried it all to get us to come back to soberness because you cannot bring a three-year-old to the hospital and say, well, they're drunk, <laughs> you know? That is definitely social services taking them away. And I can laugh about it now because, again, it's part of my history. It's part of my story. And I guess it's also part of me. I like to try new things and just go with it, see how it feels, see how it, how it goes down, and then we'll take a lesson from it, you know? But at least it's from experience, not just from other people's so yeah the uh they gave us i think they gave us like milk bread whatever could like dry up the alcohol and so it was fun <laughs> it was a fun one it was a fun one um definitely definitely taught a lot taught me a lot um, i remember how this is all a mess but hey like our memories our head is a mess um, and I guess this, yes, this question is so broad. It's beautiful as well because it gives people the ability to literally talk about whatever they can remember of their childhood and the feeling that they had of their childhood more than like specific one of like events, one after the other one, because it's all, it's an amalgamation of a lot of little things. Mm. I remember that um, my dad uh, was was very daddy-like, you know, um like things in the house he would fix instead of like throwing them away and i can see how that grew into being a hoarder but hey <laughs> he always saw purpose and found a solution to to anything um that they would face and it was very supportive um obviously they had their quarrels he was very i guess he was very submissive as a person um more more than submissive i would say he's just a people pleaser he's very intelligent um very mathematical he always pushed me to be um good in school and making sure that education was a prime focus because he was aware of how society worked not necessarily because he saw value in it or he saw less than me if i wasn't to because now he's actually come to the realization that me not graduating and it's something that I'll get probably after me not graduating in high school was something that also led me to be the person that was damn today because I never got back into education and I became a life educator a life student to then go into life educator and but he was always there uh he was a workaholic he used clean offices in Milan and still to this day does um god bless him he's in his 70s from the 53 yeah 70 on the dot uh born in new year's eve so new year's eve was always a big party because he was the first of january mom was the third of january so i always say that the second was like a sandwich it's like a party for both <laughs> um and then on christmas it was my brother's birthday on women's day it was my sister's birthday and I was born uh, the day before Ferragosto, which is a big celebration in Italy. It's like split the uh, split summer in between two, and you just go out and like party or have like barbecues and this and that with family. So it was really hands on, um, very community. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to experience the Congolese community because, um, yeah, my dad moved to Italy. Um, on his own when he was in his 20s because he got sponsored to with his studies again he was a brainiac so <laughs> he got sponsored to um, come to, to go to Italy 
where he would study great question um something either energy or something like that um i genuinely do not remember but I, I know that he was sponsored and then the sponsor just went and left it all on its own so he had to raise himself as well so on the dot sort and he's also the bigger uh, the bigger uh, brother no not the bigger he's actually in between but he has a lot of brothers so he got to experience the big family I didn't get to experience his big family, um, so I never even teaching. I guess he came with the with the assumption that because I was so close to my mom's community, I did not wanted to learn as much about the Congolese community. So I never learned like French from him directly. It's something that I'm now picking up by myself. And again, it's whatever it is. It was just it was just the best that he thought he could and he was doing and he did not want it to interfere as much, I guess, on me, my closeness with the other side of myself. Um, and it's a conversation that we had in the last couple of years, but I was very, very much in touch with my mom's side of the family, like cousins. I grew up with my cousins, like we, they were like my brothers and sisters and that was also probably because we were always we were all close in years so my cousin with whom I grew up together she was like only two months older than me um my other cousin was one year older than me and it was like our us three it was the trio <laughs> the right trio um and then oh my god there's so much I, ah, so many memories flashing back but yeah, I would not end. I would not end if I was to like go over them all. But I just remember that it was a good, fun, um, t- at times tough because obviously again I had to. I was. I had my first phone at six because my parents would go to work and my nan was dad and I was at the house in the house obviously going to school and then coming back, uh, with the bus. Um, like we had like school buses that would leave me at the end of the road and then just like work it up. So I really had to grow myself and like uh, learn how to cook quite quickly. Um, and as much as I hated it back then, I mean, who likes doing chores when you're like six year old or eight or seven? I, I keep on using six just as a reference, but who likes to do that um, at that age? But at the same time, I'm so glad that I did because now I can take care of myself. And I remember also that if you hear some noises, this is Stella. Hey, Stella, say hi. There she is. <laughs> Bye. Um, she's been with me for eight months now, five, six months now. She came in in March. Uh, a little devil, but she's so cute. She's like the tiniest cat. I don't think she'll ever grow out of her size, but she's so cute. An opinion, yes. But hey, um, so it was quite fun in the sense of, I keep on going back to it because I really don't remember much. Whether, I see what's happening. I see what's happening because it's such a broader question. People can get lost. It's like, what do I cover? What do I don't? Well, not the, not even what do I don't. What do I cover? Where do I start from? But hey, 
I'm sure people will be able to find their own way and it will take as much as time with people because we want to make sure that everyone feels seen no matter how structured or unstructured you might go about your story it's all about hearing your story and what's in it what happened what led to you being the version of you the version of me that I can never be because I wasn't put in the situation that you were you know so Growing up, um, school-wise or friend-wise, out of the family, we moved from that little town for another at uh, around six in two thousand six, October six, um, six ten six. I never forget that. And we moved to this other town, Cerniano, which is under Cremona, and the first one was under Bergamo. So two different accents, <laughs> um, two different complete different environments as well this was a tiny bit bigger because it was closer to another city and it was tough because it was the new kid i was the only black at that time as well and i was in second in the second class second elementary school i remember my first day i did not know who to sit with uh, it was so uncomfortable, but I grew close to this one friend that I think she was the only one that actually approached me throughout um, in those first day, day, days of me moving to the new school. And she she was the friend that supported me. She was there. We had fun together. And she was always there. I guess she also... Um, the. I see. I see it now as we we bonded our trauma of being the immigrants. Uh, she was half Romanian, half Argentina, and uh, yeah, we grew close. Uh, she was my best friend. I was also friends with others because uh, my neighbor was also um, going to the same school, and. We would also go to volleyball together, and uh, so I started meeting people in volleyball and Sunday classes, like uh, that's what Americans call it, but um, Catholic, Catholic, because uh, I was baptized. My parent, my parents were Catholics, but did not practice. Well, they did not go to church as much, only for festivities like someone's ba- baptism or someone's christening or someone's. Uh, wedding or the one in between communion um so i used to go to sunday classes as well and um be a church girl so i would come home a lot smell like incense and i used to hate the hell out of it because of the smell um so <laughs> so we also have um fortunately enough in the summers, there's this thing that they call grest, create grest. Um, basically, like all the kids of the town come together and they split uh, in ages, like based on their age. And we'll just have like do the games, um, like yeah, team games, like one team against the other, uh, or prepare for this uh, for the last show that we would have at the end of the summer where. We would uh, be dancing something, just like doing a whole storyline out of it, a bit of entertainment. 
and it was fun it was fun we'd go like swimming to like in the swimming pool i did not know back then how to swim i started doing swim classes at the age of eight yeah you know <laughs> africans we don't go to the sea in summer um we like to stay in the town that we are and celebrate parties with our community because that's all we have there um so it was it was interesting it was interesting i did feel the pressure of being the only black kid at the beginning and i was made bull- i was bullied of it but also because i grew physically grew very quick and and i was an obese child so that was an easy an easy thing for people to oh, did you just put this uh, she literally just brought the toilet rolling paper that she's been playing with as if to show me oh look i'm so proud of what i just did she's having the zoomies there she goes there she oh oh what's up next <laughs> um and it was yeah it was i can still see their faces and know exactly who their names are and i see them every time that i go back to that town i see them now i'm like you something were my bully when I was a child and I'm grateful for that because it grew me quite quickly and it allowed me to also start seeing people who they are but at the same time I also now have the understanding that they learned those stuff they learned how to pick on people probably maybe because they were either picked in their homes or uh, brothers and sisters or their parents would say those things about the people so you know it's the egg the kind of like dilemma the chicken comes first or the egg comes first and I have now the understanding that we all learn the stuff we all learn to be a bully so I can rest in peace with them now and I still greet them and when I'm there because again <laughs> I've done my also bits of like bullying maybe like my cousins, little cousins and things like that. So like it's something that we all do. We play with each other. We think that it doesn't affect people as much, but it does because we also don't know how to also voice how certain things do touch us at that age if we didn't learn it from our parents. And that's definitely something that I put I would like to put pressure on myself to be able to voice my emotions so much that in my family we learn like my future kids will learn how to voice their emotion we learn how to voice their boundaries we will learn how to be with people have that compassion see them for who they are and where they come from not just for what they're saying that doesn't mean stay with the abusers no just allow them to see parts of themselves that they might not realize they're and consequences that they might not realize are happening. So I was I was a people pleaser. I grew to be a friend of everyone, but at the end of the day, I didn't feel like I was a friend of anyone because I kept on wanting to buy their love, which is, again, something that we all do, I realize now. In the way that I felt it was because I was kind of like the outcast. I was the only one of my kind, I will say, um, until until my one of my best friends came through. 
shout to you, man. <laughs> um, who's also my neighbor, and uh, we grew together like brother and sister. We've been there for each other. I don't see each other as much because we live in two different countries, but we were pals. We grew close, and we were there. We would have fun. We would play. Um, oh yeah, so I used to play a lot like football, um, like street football, because I wasn't allowed to actually play football. So I started playing volleyball at the age of eight. Um, did that for nine years until I got injured, and yeah, <laughs> my heaviness didn't have my back, which is fair enough. I used to use food as comfort and just eat all the emotions that I wasn't that I didn't feel like I was allowed to speak about um again in in the house after we moved to the new house things change I could feel I physically feel the switch also between my parents there was a bit more of a tension because um from the only thing that I knew it was we lost the house and we had to look for a new one. And I did not know what was happening behind the scenes because my parents didn't voice things that would go bad. They didn't they didn't voice what was happening within our family. So it was more about yeah, focus on your study, take care of the house, um, help out. Oh, we're getting ready for this um event this weekend we're gonna go here or tomorrow this aunt comes or whatever like it was more of a a management but keep me keeping me away from all the strategizing that was going behind and I did not know much about our finance situations I only knew that I couldn't afford to go to like all the trips that my friends would go to um I did not I I would not go and travel and they would tell me about how the little travels that they would do go to like south of Italy. I was like, how dream this is like, <laughs> not even as much, but because like, I didn't even know what that would look like. But I definitely felt the pressure of having not just like, not lack, but little money to spend on me. But at the same time, I would see my dad going and buying food and toys for my cousins and I'll be like why can you do that for me as much as I want that's not how I sounded but that's that's what (laughs) that was basically what was happening in my head um I did not know how to appreciate the little that we had because again I wasn't voiced I was voiced with those kind of like emotions. Like my parents didn't teach me that this is as much as we can afford. We're going to make the most of it. We don't need necessarily more. We are working towards getting tomorrow, but like all those things, like they're, they weren't voiced. So I was very, ent- I felt entitled to have more than what I was getting because I didn't understand that what I was getting was already a lot more than we could actually afford. And I can imagine also, um, I can imagine, I can also remember the pressure that I had towards the fact that my parents were older. My mom had me at 40 years old. My dad had me, um, yeah, conceived me at 46. Um, So my parents would not like hang around with 
all the other parents as much as they would like my friends' parents because again they were all younger they were in their thirties they were like they could have been their parents you know so I felt that pressure and that also got me to be I guess the old soul that I am today um, I I can see how they did their bits in already raising all the kids and babied a little bit more those kids to a point that okay now I've babied enough now I have my community that's helping me with this kid I don't need to baby them as much kind of thing and I yearned that because again I did not understood what was going behind I did not have that transparency I would say and it was it was interesting because though we didn't have much I was always doing something I was like either playing volleyball I was going on the little like here and there we would have like some trips that would go with like church the church class and that would not cost as much so because it was like not just like fun thing it was also linked to church and religion um I guess they allowed me to um but yeah growing up as a child as a black fat <laughs> those were the labels that I would go for that that I, I would uh, that would describe my childhood black fat um introvert uh masculine as well um soccer lover i mean oh my god there's so much there's so much and again there's gonna be there's gonna be certain things that will probably come up in conversations with other individuals so i'm not gonna stress too much about it um but moving to my teenagehood okay so that was part one to i it's only fair that i share mine before i ask for your story and we'll put a different episode a second episode for part two going into the teenagehood and going into adulthood and my feelings about the that process because it is a process of its own so yeah just hang on and look out for part two so thank you so much for listening in as always i look forward to hearing from you if you have any questions any thoughts or yourself wants to share your own story or you know someone that wants to share your their story and again this is all part of a bigger plan like we look forward to the day where we can all be ourselves our natural raw authentic self and be honored for it and this is just one little step towards that so let's come together and yeah let's change this world for the better for our own sake for the sake of everyone else and especially for the sake of our legacies so if you want to reach out the place to go is shshumanfirst.com you'll find our blog page and also our post podcast page so yeah i look forward to hearing from you cheers